Section 20 of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon 20. Evergreens. Winter. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness. The snow is on the ground. God has spread a sheet of white over the country and buried the brown earth. When the sun comes out, every bar of a gate and thorn spray in the hedge glitters as though encrusted with diamonds. The road flashes and sparkles. The cold sparrows, as they hop about among the bushes and trees, send down a shower of silver. Robins come to the window and ask for breadcrumbs. The mice run about in the walls and cower under the thatch where they can find warmth. The trees are bare, their gaunt arms are leafless, their crowns of green are cast at their feet and rotted or rotting away. The birds which trusted in them found shelter in them, and thought to live snug among their foliage all long winter, have found out their mistake, and desert the naked boughs and bare twigs, and you can see the exposed nests, now choked up with snow, in the exposed branches. They fly to the ivy and the fir trees and find a refuge under their dark and somewhat dismal leaves. They despised them all summer. The dove cooed out of the oak, and the linnet sang out of the elm trees, and the nightingale poured forth his lay from the poplars and beech. But now oak and elm are stripped, and the poplar is naked, and only a few russet leaves rustle on the beech. But the despised pines are full of leaf as in summer. They offer shelter to the birds, turned by cruel winter out of house and home, and say, Trust us, we fear not the cold. We will brave the stormy winds and the keen frost. We will not shed our spines. Our little needle-like leaves are very fine and do not seem to offer much protection, but they will break the icy blast, and they will hang on and hang together all winter through, and you will be warm among them. Therefore trust us, whom in the summer you lightly esteemed. Once upon a time three children had gardens apportioned them, and an aunt made each of them a present of a little tree in a large green box to set in the garden and adorn it. The spring came, and the eldest looked at her tree. It was thrusting forth bright green leaves, and then long drooping chains of little knobs began to swirl from the dry branches. One warm day all these little chains showed like gold. The sun shone on them, and it was a lovely sight. The child shouted with joy. It was like a fairy tree, and was hung with chains more beautiful than those of a Lord Mayor. She picked them and wound them round her head, and twisted them in her hair, and let them hang down beside her ears. And not the Queen of Sheba, in all her glory, was crowned like this little child. Her tree was the laburnum. Spring passed, and the yellow flowers withered, and only leaves remained, and they were duller green than before, and— in place of flowers, long pods in which the seed matured. With summer the tree belonging to the second child opened its buds, and a sweet scent was diffused around. Hers was a rose tree. Hers was the queen of flowers, the most beautiful, the sweetest scented of all. All through the summer it bloomed. She picked off the fairest flowers, and then others came. It went on blossoming, whilst the laburnum was flowerless, then came autumn, and the pink petals fell off, but there came in their place pods which turned as scarlet as coral. 
Now the third child had got only a little fir tree. In spring and summer she looked every day at it, hoping that it too would have flowers like the laburnum, but all she saw were little tufts, of no beauty at all, and these her father told her were the blossom of the tree. She cried, full of disappointment, but thought when the rose began to show its scarlet pods that perhaps her tree might also produce beautiful berries. But no, the top was hung with little brown dry cones. These were its fruit, and there was no beauty in them. Presently the frost came on, and a wintry wind swept over the face of the earth. The laburnum shed its leaves, and its dry pods hung like old brown rags upon the bare twigs. The rose lost all its leaves, and with the frost the scarlet hips fell off and shriveled on the ground. But the little fir maintained its dark green leaf. The storm had no effect on it. The frost did not strip it. It stood bravely out when the snow began to fall, and remained green when all the other trees were bare. At last came Christmas Eve. The children had not been allowed out for some days. The weather was too cold. The sun had set, and the long winter night had begun. Then suddenly the doors of the study were thrown open, and the children were brought into a brilliantly lighted room. There they saw the little fir tree with tapers burning on every branch, and gilt nuts and oranges and glittering crackers and red, blue, yellow bags full of comfits and presents of all sorts hanging among the somber green of the tree. The little fir tree was glorified. It was beautiful beyond what the children could have expected. They shouted for joy and clapped their hands, but above all, that little girl rejoiced whose tree it was. She had wept over it in spring and autumn and summer. Her little fir tree had seemed so mean beside the golden laburnum and the crimson rose, and now, when laburnum and rose were shivering, bared of leaves, outside in the cold winter's night, her tree, covered with all its rich green hair, was covered with stars, glittering with gold, and hanging with beautiful and precious fruit, such as no laburnum or rose ever bore. Little Christians, I desire you to take a lesson from the evergreen fir, the lesson to endure hardness, as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. You must not expect that all will go smoothly with you in life, that your Christian walk is to be a summer-day jaunt. If you are enrolled in Christ's army and made soldiers under His standard, it is to fight, not merely to be on parade every day. Now even in childhood all will not go smoothly with you. You will have disappointments. You will be obliged to yield your wishes to others. You will have to struggle against little tempers. But you ought to remember that this is your calling. You are not called to idleness, to ease, to play, but to endure hardness, to work, to battle for Christ. Sharp frosts will come and nip you, Fierce winds will rage and shake you, but you must remain steadfast and not be discouraged. You are called to be evergreens in God's garden, called to bear your leaves in winter as in summer, called to be Christmas trees in His heavenly mansions. Christ was one day hungry, and He came to a fig tree and sought among the leaves for food, but found no fruit, only broad leaves. Then he cursed the tree, and it withered away. The tree was unprofitable. It had only leaves, no fruit. He seeks of you to bear your green leaves all the year, in every season, in all weathers, and he will not take you into his glorious home unless you do. 
You must be Christians always, in adversity as in prosperity, in time of trial as in time of peace. Your Christian faith is a most precious blessing, and you cannot expect to keep it without having to pay for it. A responsibility attaches to everything we have here. If we have riches, we must use precautions not to lose them. If you have a pearl necklace, you cannot leave it littering about, or it may be stolen, or the string break, and the pearls roll away and be lost. So with your Christian belief. You must guard it well, treasure it, or it will be taken from you, or you will lose the little pearly truths of which it is made up, and which will drop from you and roll off without your noticing or knowing when and whither they went. I dare say you have observed what iron bars there are before the windows of banks. Besides, in a bank there is generally someone watching up all night, lest robbers should break in and steal the notes and gold preserved there. You are little banks. You have the precious gold of divine grace lodged in the strong box of your heart, and holy childish innocence and the Christian faith. All these are there, in your hearts, and outside there are plenty who would like to steal them. But you must put up bars and keep watch. You must be careful to preserve what you have. If you do not value and keep that which you have, God will not commit to your trust more riches. There was once a boy called Tarsicius. It was in time of persecution at Rome, and many martyrs were languishing in dungeons. The priests were not allowed by the jailers to visit them, and the suffering Christians greatly desired to be strengthened with the body of Christ for their coming struggle with wild beasts in the amphitheater. So the Holy Communion was enclosed in a little silver box and hung round the boy's neck, and he was sent to gain admittance to the prisons, and thus convey the bread of life to the martyrs. On his way through the streets, some vile fellow, suspecting him to be a Christian, assaulted him, and catching him by the throat tore open his garment and exposed the silver box. The boy at once covered it with his hands and struggled to save it from the profane touch of a gathering rabble. They asked him what it contained. He would not answer. They tried to take it from him by force. He resisted manfully. Then they took stones and struck him, but he would not let go, and they beat him to death before they could unlock his fingers from the precious deposit given him. This was one who endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You also, every one of you, have got a sacred deposit, the holy Catholic faith committed to you as a trust. You will, I doubt not, find as you go through life that you also will be assaulted and met with rude jibes and many a buffet to make you give up your trust. But hold fast your profession of faith. Let no man take it from you by violence or laugh you out of your steadfastness that you surrender it in false shame. Hold fast in war as in peace. Hold fast in adversity. Hold fast at all times. Be thou faithful unto death, says Christ, and I will give thee a crown of life. I dare say you will not be as much thought of, as much will not be made of you in this life because you are a consistent Christian, as if you gave way and lived for this world and not for the next. Men will make much more count of what is transient than of what endures. The children thought much more of the laburnum and the rose than of the little fir tree. But the time will come when all that which has pleased the world and caught men's eyes and evoked their praise will have fallen away like the golden drops of the laburnum and the red petals of the rose, and then it will be those who have been steadfast, 
who have borne their modest leaf in storm as in sunshine, in cold as in heat, who will be wondered at and resorted to. Blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful. His leaf shall not wither, and look, whatsoever he doeth it shall prosper. He will be a green fir-tree in the house of his God, planted by the streams of grace, and bringing forth his humble fruit, which is not indeed showy, in due season. When all those who have made great professions, all those who have cut a great figure in the world, all those who have lived for the praise of men, shall stand bare and destitute in the winter day of judgment, then shall the good man who has lived as a sincere Christian show green and prosperous, with unwithered leaf, and be transplanted to the glorious courts of heaven. End of section 20